everyone. Welcome to this week's ASF We Science podcast. Today is March 27th, 2023. As many of you know, on Thursday, the CDC had big news. They released their prevalence number on who has autism here in the United States. They used the same protocol as they did in 2021. Kids in states around the United States, not all kids, not all states, but a representative sample of them were included in something called the Autism Developmental Disabilities Monitoring Network. There was a time when these staff from the CDC had to personally go into every school and look at the kind of records to determine or validate if the numbers they received from these schools were accurate. Well, they still do that, but they've also learned that they can rely on ICD codes and special ed records to give them an accurate number. In 2021, they did this, and the number for eight-year-olds with autism was one in 44. They also collected data on four-year-olds. This number was one in 59, and this includes both males and females. This you already know. So what's new? Well, this year in 2023, the number was reported at one in 36 eight-year-olds. This is an 18% increase from a couple years ago. And also the number in four-year-olds went up to one in 46, which is a 21% increase. What's causing this increase? Well, I'm going to tell you that we know at least some of it has to do with better diagnoses and actually more thoughtful diagnoses. And here's what I'm talking about. Back in 2021, the studies that were released showed a narrowing in the gap of the difference in diagnosis between white kids and black, Hispanic, and Asian kids. Traditionally, Black, Hispanic, and Asian kids are diagnosed less often, but we know, in fact, that they still have autism. They're just not counted as much. By 2023, this difference had been eliminated, the same difference that had been occurring for decades. In fact, diagnoses of Black, Brown, and Asian kids was higher than white kids. Now, we know for a fact that there's no reason to believe that there's actually more or less cases of autism in black, brown, and Asian kids compared to white kids. So it has to do with better diagnosis, at least in this community. There have been efforts in the past few years to ensure that those from these previously underdiagnosed communities got the services that they needed and the diagnosis that they deserved. And it's worked. So this means that better awareness and more thoughtful diagnosis has led to some of the changes, We don't know if it's all of the changes. In fact, we think that there's actually more kids being diagnosed. We also know that girls are less likely to be diagnosed. Historically, there's been a four to one ratio of boys to girls being diagnosed with autism. In 2023, we saw that disparity go from four to 3.8. The prevalence of the girls in the last study was also higher than 1%. That's the first time we've ever seen it that high. So some of the increase is because of more rigorous and thoughtful diagnoses, especially in groups that had previously not received one. Also, among the children with information on cognitive ability, which is only a little more than half of them, 37.9% who, were, who had the information on the cognitive ability, not all of them, but those that had information, 37.9% had an intellectual disability. had a borderline intellectual disability, and 38.6 had no intellectual disability. The numbers in those with 
having an intellectual disability and a borderline intellectual disability increased. All of these things still lead to a real increase in the number of kids with autism. And when do these numbers stop increasing now? Well, it's possible that when we hit the prevalence reported in a South Korea study where they instituted a very thorough diagnostic and screening plan that will reach that plateau, screening all kids and then doing a diagnostic evaluation on everyone who screened positive in a public school setting resulted in a 1 in 38 rate of autism. So we're pretty much there. Will the numbers stop increasing? I don't know. The more we consider this just a common condition, the less urgent it seems to be. With more of a different ability perspective than a disability perspective, I'm afraid that the public health urgency of understanding and helping those with autism could become less of a priority. But is this good news or bad news for black kids who are unable to access services because of lack of a diagnosis? Well, I have news. First, they're probably still unable to access services. The waiting lists are going to be long for everyone. Pediatricians and care providers are totally overwhelmed. The current system is unable to handle the need, and the age of diagnosis has still stayed the same. Just because there's an autism diagnosis on the record does not mean that services are guaranteed. The system still has the same bottlenecks as it did before. So the news might be good in terms of making sure that kids with autism have a documented diagnosis and that hopefully that reduces the stigma of that diagnosis. But I'm not necessarily sure that that means that all these kids are going to get into services right away. These prevalence numbers are no longer the hot news item they were 15 years ago. Remember when it hit 110 and it was astounding? Now when it hits 1 in 36, there's not even a side story on the now filled with weight loss techniques clutter that is the CNN website. I've read comments that this is an epidemic of need, not an epidemic of numbers. I agree, there is an epidemic of need, but it means we need to have more families out to receive behavioral supports and not scared out of receiving those behavioral interventions. As an aside, last week I went to the L Center for Autism in Florida where they're using things like applied behavioral analysis to help guide recreation activities so they have the best chances of supporting mental health needs in those with autism. If anyone scares you from receiving ABA, they might also be inadvertently referring to activities like swimming, golf, tennis, and yes, equine therapy, because these interventions use ABA principles to ensure that they're helpful to your kids. Please don't let them scare you. Please get the support that you need. And I don't mean to be so pessimistic, and this is important news. In a few weeks, we're going to have Michelle Hughes from the CDC on this podcast. They were just a little bit busy this week with everything else. I've sent her a list of questions, but don't let mine be the only ones that get asked. If you have a question for the CDC, I'll ask it. We'll be talking about autism not just in four and eight-year-olds, but in 16-year-olds. The CDC went back to those who were diagnosed at eight years old about eight years ago. So now those kids are eight, 16. Who has autism in that group? More or less than the original cohort. And what does that say about autism diagnoses through the lifespan? That podcast will probably air on April 10th. So stay tuned. Talk to you next week.